Rufus, welcome to an, another edition of Liquid Sunshine on The Face Radio. My name is Maarten Flot, and thank you for tuning in. And also thank you to The Coconut Grove for another awesome program. Preceding Liquid Sunshine, of course. I love The Coconut Grove. I love those really groovy sunset grooves. Now we've got another super duper show for you tonight at Liquid Sunshine. Later on in the show, we're going to talk to the incredible Ashley Farrod, artist, DJ, producer, an all-round nice guy. And we're going to have a great chat about, well, musical journeys really how you can you know how you develop in in your music career and we're also going to chat about how music can be groovy without the necessity to be big dance floor bangers and we're going to take that cue a little bit and bring that to the rest of the show too so we're going to play lots of groovy tracks that are not necessarily dance floor bangers but that make you go you know your head nodding and go oh yeah i'm loving this you can feel the sun shining on yourself and go yes life is good indeed now my name is marta flots and liquid sunshine is coming to you from the heart of australia straight to the soul of brooklyn the face radio so we're going to start off with a bit of Herb Albert, yes indeed, Herb Albert, very underrated, but he clearly makes those songs groovy. And then I'll play a couple of tracks of Magnifique, just to give you a, 
an ID. What kind of music you can expect? Enjoy the show.
Yeah, this is super groovy. It's cocktail hour at the Liquid Sunshine in the Liquid Sunshine discotheque. Herb Albert with his track Rise. So reflex revision. Reflex is a is a fantastic well remixer. He uh, he takes the original tracks and makes them you know a bit more suitable for our ears. And he does such an awesome job at it. Go check him out. Uh, I think you can find his stuff on Bandcamp. And in these times, these corona times, it's worth supporting the artists who make this incredible music. So let's have a listen to uh, some music from Magnifique now. This is his track, The Only One. comes from his album, his penultimate album, called... The Gentleman of Disco. Thank you. 
that love this track really really love that track um and quite clearly so because you know i just end up turning up turning it up and up and up because it's one of those tracks you want to play louder and louder yes mics don't really like that but we've got more of this kind of groovy tunes that just make you feel good so i said crack open that cocktail a glass of wine this is the kind of music that we're aiming for tonight groovy stuff that makes you feel happy without necessarily you know just your head head bobbing without having to go jump on the lounge and go oh yes they were going to feel good Thank you. 
bit of uh, cosmic disco from Daniel Grau there. He's from Venezuela, sound engineer and musician. And he made some incredible oh, cosmic disco in the 70s. I really enjoy this kind of stuff. It's spaced out, indeed, cos- cosmic. This is a track, Disco Fantasy. Come from an album, The Magic Sound of Daniel Grau. Um, it's a uh, compilation, uh, but he has released a large number of records. Go and check it out. Some of them you can still find on um, on Discords. And there are some reissues, of course, as well. But let's do some more groovy grooves. Dona McGee. No. 
not a delicious nugget of beautifulness there. Fran Gawley with Isn't It Something. And before that we had Donna McGee. And Donna McGee released a number of albums all in that interaction of, well, disco and funk. And that's all the all the music we're playing tonight as well. It all exists in that in the triangle of disco. It's not quite disco. It's not quite funk. Uh, it's not quite yacht rock. Maybe it's a little bit of yacht funk. That's why we're playing. You know, cool, cool grooves. Indeed, drinking a cocktail on a yacht. That sounds pretty good, actually. And there's another another track coming up by a band called Roundtree, which I never heard of before, but I discovered it while looking for um, gosh, some roller disco, because that's why we're going to play well, one of the next episodes too. And that can't be too bangy either, so it's still... We're still in the yacht funk.
another delicious slice of yacht funk there. Get on up, get on down from round three. And why are we playing, well, yacht funk tonight? Well, because we're talking to the artist and producer, Magnifique, a little bit later on, coming up on the whole hour. We'll be interviewing him about his musical journey and his inspirations. And he really went from going for the big bangers to making a more, you know, more subtle disco music. It doesn't have to always want to bring you on the dance floor. It just makes you feel good, get your head bobbing. This is Kakvogel by Solomon. Thank you. 
Hi, I'm Carl Cox. You're listening to Liquid Sunshine with Martin Brott.
God, I love this track. What I Done Wrong, the Jesse Worley instrumental version by Big Lee Dowell. I really, really, really like that. It's, it's, it's funky, it's groovy, it just has got everything in it. Now we're going to uh, close off the first hour of Liquid Sunshine on the Face Radio with, uh, well, some flute jazz. Oh yeah. I love my jazz. I can I can feel really quite easily a lot of time playing just jazz. But this this track really fits in with the theme for tonight. The Yacht Funk team. This is Ron Carter with his track Arkansas. Taking us up to eleven o'clock in Brooklyn.
to the face radio. Hi, yeah. Welcome back to the second hour of From the Soul of Liquid Brooklyn. Sunshine. You're listening to the face radio. And we're still in the soul of Brooklyn indeed. My name is Maida Flot. This is the second hour of Liquid Sunshine. And at Liquid Sunshine, we... Um, we do well regular, um, uh, you know. We work on a sort of four-week rotation, where um, we do a couple of weeks where I just play nice, good tunes, you know, the kind of music we all want to hear. And then another week, we're looking at a subject more in depth, like an artist or a record label or a music stream. Um, and then the fourth week. And not necessarily in that order, but the fourth week or four four weeks, we're talking to people. Oh yes, we're interviewing people, and I'm really excited to bring an interview now with Ashley Farrot, also known as Magnifique, amazing producer, and we're having a good chat about musical journeys. So, well reason I wanted to talk to Ashley is because his music is, well, it's really modern. It's certainly, it's, it's very heavily disco and funk influenced, but you can hear that he, um, he's young and he's got his, you know, new ears. Uh, he's really electronic based music, but it also made me really strongly think about bands like uh, Crack and Smack, who also are really deeply influenced by disco and funk. So let's hear what Ashley has got to say. 
Right, so I'm uh, here in the studio with Ashley Farod. And um, we're, when I say in the studio, uh, this is, of course, under the corona lockdown uh, requirements. We are, in fact, in a virtual studio, um, uh, separate separate places, but at the same place, uh, some kind of way. Ashley and I, uh, we've been working together for a while, and um, I've, I've been keen to get him on the Liquid Sunshine show for quite a while as well. But, you know life gets busy and then you get natural disasters happening so it took a little while before we finally got there so Ashley welcome to uh, Liquid Sunshine thank you very much for having me yeah it's it's wonderful to have you on the show um and but uh, I may imagine uh, you know as you know at the Liquid Sunshine we uh, we play the best deep funk rare groove disco and beats um uh, and not every listener may be familiar with your name uh, just just tell me um why why should listeners to Liquid Sunshine know you who are you what's your background yeah sure no problem I mean they can they can choose after this little intro they, they should get to know me or with this <laughs> Um, but I mean, look, put it this way: I, I'm a huge music enthusiast, and that's the first part of it. Yeah. Um, but secondly, I think you know the way I exercise that is through DJing, which I've done for longer than I can remember. Yeah. Um, and you know, shifted through the whole scene of Canberra from from doing private parties through clubs, through festivals, and more recently, and by that I probably mean the last three years very much the kind of lounge and bar circuit yeah. as well as kind of events more at a, at a community level as opposed to festivals per se um and through that you know know a lot of djs know a lot of producers and keep very involved in that um and organize a lot of music for for different venues which is which is a lot of fun yeah. um and you know it, it means that i'm kind of really plugged into that djing and music scene which which i absolutely love um, another aspect to, to me is that I, I produce my own music and have been for over a decade yeah. um, under different names. Um, it is self-indulgent in many ways. Uh, it's, it's, it's music that I, that I write because I like to and sometimes it fits in the sets but doesn't always represent what, what, what I like. Um, and I guess probably the, the last thing to, to pitch in that is uh, I'm an enthusiast of music that has history attached to it. Um, yeah. And what I mean by that is I like, unlike many trends in music, which, which I actually do follow because I love seeing where music is taking us or progressing to, I think there is so much to be gained by knowing music in reverse, mm. knowing about things in the past, where the, the tracks that we might kind of like right now might have originated from as an idea, because the very little is, is really that original. It's always kind of born out of some ideas, some other concepts, some other genre. And so what I think is kind of fun, and I hopefully we'll, we'll cover this in the show, is that looking back retrospectively at music and whether that's disco or funk or soul um, really gives you this beautiful perspective in being able to enjoy things that I've that I made now and things that will be made in the future. So I'm really big on not educating because that's the wrong word, but really opening up people's minds and ears um, to the music that's been in the past and the gamut of music that's out there. Um, and that's what I really enjoy talking to you because yeah. obviously you've got a great knowledge of that. And there's many, many DJs and producers in Canberra who've got that kind of really wide, open idea of music, which is just great to delve into. Uh, indeed, and that's that's what we're trying to do uh, with Liquid Sunshine as well. Uh, we, you know, I like drawing those lines from the past into the future, but also from the future back to the past, of course. Mm. Um, and so, in in preparation for this show, you and I had a chat uh, about music that has influenced you. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, you chose uh, a number of tracks which which draw that line really nicely. Um, but before we uh, uh, before we move on to that, um, uh, you say you uh, produce your own music. Um, with the music, uh, I, I of course listen to your music and and what you produce really has those strong influences from the past without it being you know uh, an obvious funk track it's obvious modern music with influences from the past um what uh, what what is your most recent uh music that you've released Uh, under what name have you done that uh it would be under the magnifique title um which is which is the one that that is probably the most as far as actually having releases out and yeah. and, and that's regular I, I think uh through the different labels that i deal with uh we put something out at least every four months something yeah. like that yeah. um, actually maybe with the current situation it might be five but yeah it's it's, it's regular it's <laughs> probably around the four five singles a year that i yeah. would put out yeah. um and that's a really good pace to to to, to push people things out it's if i'm not manufacturing that it's and because it often relies on talent that I work with, specifically vocalists. Yeah. Um, as you can tell from the voice that you're hearing, I'm not much of a vocalist. <laughs> um, and, you know, if I wanted lots of dogs howling around my room, I'd, I'd, I'd start singing. But <laughs> it's it's because it requires some talent and collaborations. There's always a longer process that's yeah. involved with that. And I like to take the time to give people space to be able to produce something with me that they're happy with. Yeah, great, great. Well, we'll be uh, uh, playing some magnifique tracks later on in the show but but let's go back to the past first um yeah. one of the tracks uh that we're going to start off with is uh, why from kylie simon mm. um which uh, you know said as, as inspiration and you know I, I often ask this question music about what what has inspired you there's uh, you know that changes from day to day we're, we're all aware of that um but why why can't uh, this track from Kylie Simon? What what do you like about it? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, when we were talking about this quite a few months ago and about selecting perhaps some music that inspired me, you know, at first, and I'm sure you'd have the same problem, you kind of freak out and think, <laughs> how am I going to choose something? Because if I really think of all the genres that I enjoy, mm. that is that is such a difficult thing. But then what I ended up doing is kind of saying, okay, maybe the way we think about it is I'll look at what music has influenced my productions. Yeah. And that made it much easier because then I started thinking, okay. And then and then I started thinking, all right, so to answer your question, how do I know, for example, that one track has meant more than another? Sometimes it's not me breaking a track apart and being able to tell you like, oh, the way that they use the bass line in this and the way they did this was, sometimes it's not the technicalities. Sometimes it's the fact that every time I play that particular song, something happens and no matter which DJ set I'm at or whether I'm playing it at home, I get lost in that song mm. and I try to pick a new part about it or something sucks me into the lyric or there is a mood in that song which I find, you know, essentially resonates with me very deeply. The interesting thing about that particular song um, was actually probably led off by the feeling that it gives me. Yeah. The, the song on its kind of outer take seems to be a relatively positive, warm track. But if you really think about it, it's it's actually quite or pessimistic in in what what the lyrics are about and you feel the tension between the happiness and the sorrow just exercised really well not only through the delivery of the vocals but also that that kind of sweet and sour mix of the chord progression and everything else in other words the mood of the song 
has a tension inside it, which I really like. Yeah. Nor is it a sad song, nor is it a happy song. It just beautifully plays that balance of someone that knows what it's like to love, but at the same time is finding it so difficult that maybe that's not the thing they can keep on going with. Mm. You know, and I, that's the first thing that hit me about it. The second thing was the production of the song, um, which is done by a rather famous composer, is, is actually really strange it sits like a little bit in between reggae and disco if, mm. if you really pick it apart but yet it's really neither and therefore defines <laughs> its kind of own place so when i drop that song into into sets i can put that into especially the speed that is at into you know even hip-hop beforehand into soul i can mush it up with other disco tracks but it owns its own distinctive space and I think from a music production point of view, I've always looked at songs that weren't part of the generic norm or a very stereotypical representation of a particular genre, but rather ones that kind of slightly set on the outskirts of it. So I think yeah. it's probably those things. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's have a listen to it. And um, uh, your your mention about reggae disco, that's that's my current obsession. So I, I really <laughs> really enjoy it. But let's have a listen to Kylie Simon.
All right, that was uh, Forget Me Not from Patricia Rushen. Now, Ashley, tell me, why did you choose this song? Well, it's a classic, but more specifically because to me, that was a very good example of uh, how you can create energy in the songs and still keep mellow if you really think about the way that song sounds. But it's one of those songs that every time I drop into any kind of lounge set or whatever it might be, there is no chance that at least 50% of the of the audience aren't tapping their feet or, you know, swinging their heads to the rhythm. It's infectious. And what I really love about that is, you know, especially in modern dance music, the idea of creating a banger, in other words, eliciting a response from via music to, or, you know, through dancing or what have you, we tend to push really hard. So we kind of tend to force sound through speed or, or, or the kind of effects that it might have or the instruments that it might have, but making it very strong and therefore going, this is clear, dance track, you know, start dancing people. You know, it's almost that, that blunt. But what I love about this song is that it doesn't do that at all. It's essentially just a funky groove with, you know, this really nice kind of bass loop in it and little accents here and there. And it's actually quite a long track in itself as well. And even though it's very mellow and not particularly fast, it still elicits that response of people wanting to have a bit of a boogie to it. And I love the fact that it manages to do that without having, you know, this really obvious call to action that it's a dance track. That, that's um, right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, the groove, uh, grooving, you know, it doesn't have to be the four to the floor and uh, hard and dancing indeed. Uh, and that's personally one of the things that I like about funk in general uh, uh, is that it's it's so wide in, in, in the scope that it provides, um, both in the groove indeed, it can be a mellow groove, but it can be dance floor groove, but also in the emotion in in the tracks as well uh, and both of the tracks that we just play are, are very very emotional in that respect which is which is fantastic yeah and also there is this i mean the soulfulness in the track really takes over and the groove is the thing that keeps it going um as opposed to the groove being the number one thing and some vocals sitting on top of that just to fill it up i think that's the interesting part too it's song first production second and when they come together in the right balance you get a gem like that one, you know, and just can't help clicking your fingers to it. So that's 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 probably why I, I looked at that song and go, wow, if I only had the talent to reproduce <laughs> this kind of thing in my music. And I don't, but I definitely borrow sentiments from that to, yeah. to apply that to yeah. my productions. Now let's let's move on to some some other tracks as well. These these are clearly um, you know uh, all time disco tracks. Uh, you know, um, late seventies, early eighties, and yeah. um, uh, you provided some music um, that really goes through time. Um, and uh, we're getting into uh, the more modern music uh, as well. Um, next track is is Hey Little Girl from Ice House, um, mm. and and then we're really moving into the more modern tracks. But what what those tracks really reminded me of is um, it's a bit like French electro pop from from the eighties. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm going to throw in the, a track there as well, uh, Camino del Sol from uh, Antena. Um, nice. Not French, but Belgian, but, you know, mm. all the same kind of thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, you're going to get so many calls right now. It's like Canadians I, and I, Americans I, are the I, same I, thing, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I can say that, you know, coming from the Netherlands myself. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, but the track... Uh, Let's play some tracks uh, and we can hear the, the sound change um, uh, really beautifully, really. So here's Ice House. 
That was uh, Camino del Sol from Antenna, Belgium band, not French, but you know, French electro pop from the 80s. Uh, they had a huge influence um, uh, on electro pop in general. Um, now, we were just talking um, uh, while the music was playing that both Ice House and uh, Camino del Sol tracks, they, um, they, they're beautiful listening music. And, and as DJs, you don't get to play these tracks you know out in venues you know very often if if at all um but you mentioned that sometimes you are you are able to fit in you know different kind of tracks again you know tracks that are not necessarily fall to the floor or maybe not even groovy yeah no that's very true i think you know of course it depends on the venue and what the brief and what the purpose is and ultimately what the audience wants to hear in that venue so the last thing you'd want to do is you know play in a nightclub and push out a set like that just because you think it's nice to listen to because that's not what the audience is after however um there are there is the luxury in many of the sets especially when the venue trusts you as a dj and and and, and they know you and they, they know that you've got the best intentions and that you understand the audience that's going in there 
there is the luxury of being able to push outside of the norm a little bit. So even though a venue might have a particular feel when it comes to music and its environment and everything else, you have these moments at the right time, whether it's the beginning of the night or maybe at the end or whatever it may be, where you kind of think, you know what, now is the time to introduce something a little bit different. And in many ways, I think it's actually the responsibility of the DJ to always be conscious of the way that you can make sets different. You know, because in many ways, we can experience the same thing in many different bars around the place. And maybe that's good in some way because people can expect something and then turn up to it. But I think in, in many ways, you also have the responsibility to keep things interesting and different. Not necessarily new, but something that just opens up genres or opens up ideas and tastes. Um, and to that point, you know, I... Um, when the right opportunity happens in a lounge and I kind of think, you know, I've gone down a particular direction uh, and, and now I kind of think, you know, I'm going to drop in this ice house thing because it works. It works because of speed or maybe key or maybe the mood that I've been building. And then you've done that and you think, well, now that I've gone into the 80s, maybe I can st stretch that out a little bit. And rather than playing floor fillers, there's so much good 80s music that I think people would enjoy. I start crafting that sound. And if it gets a bit strange, I pull back again, you know, and you can usually watch from the reaction of the star, people nodding their heads, and most commonly people walking up to you and actually saying, what is this? And my God, I can't believe you play that. When you realize people are not only paying attention, but thankful that you've done something a little bit different. Um, so there is, there is the opportunity to, to, to push outside of the norm, so to speak, um, as long as you're not completely lost in your own set. That's the only mistake that can happen because, you know, we. I could play you heaps and heaps of music that I absolutely love and your listeners might be like, oh, okay, we're, we're done with this. You have to be conscious of the fact that there is an audience. And, you know, the real sweet point is somewhere between you leading them, between their expectations and new discoveries and, and, and doing it that way. Yeah, and, and that's certainly right. It's it's sort of, it's it's a journey that you go on together. Sure. Uh, but, you know, uh, as DJ, you're, you're the, the, the captain of the ship. For wonderful <laughs> analogy, analogy, yeah. Um, now, maybe, I, maybe the only difference is sometimes the uh, passengers come and, and tell you where they'd like to go. That's right. Yes. Did I request that we Mutiny. go to Island? Is there no request. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now um, I'm conscious of the time as well, and um, you know we are on this journey so, uh, of of music, of, of your music, and we're working up to uh, to the music that you've made with Magnifique. Uh, I want to play another couple of tracks. Um, that, that again we're progressing in time a bit further but they've been influential for you uh, the first one is Around the Sun from Poolside and the second one is Casio from uh, from Jungle um, mm -hmm. why, did, why did you chose, uh, choose those tracks? Well, <clears throat> so we're getting into the current both of those songs are relatively current I think they got released in the last couple of months um, they're both bands I absolutely love because as you'll hear both Poolside and Jungle have heavily taken the influence of the past and applied it to modern production, modern songwriting, and delivered in a way that's reminiscent of the past, but definitely original in the way they're delivering it. Um, and, and they've just managed that balance beautifully. There's respect, but there's also originality mixed into two. Um, and they're also not bands that are huge, and I kind of like things that haven't made it into the kind of large commercial Field, then once again, I'm hoping a lot of your audience tonight, if they haven't heard of them, might kind of go, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to look into it. And maybe we've opened up, you know, the view to the wild world of music through it.
snuck in another track of yours there as well um so we <laughs> sneaky indeed um i'm just keeping an eye on the on the time of course as well um uh, we heard uh, poolside around the sun uh, and then any given sunday from magnifique 
uh, followed by Shape uh, from Magnifique as well. Um, the Poolside track uh, is really interesting. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, the um, uh, the people who made it, uh, they come out of Young Gun Silver Fox, um, uh, I believe, which is a real not quite your 70s rocky yacht rocky kind of kind of band and and they quite clearly have discovered disco uh, but there's so much more to it it's um their their music is very interesting um yeah it's it, you know they they know what they're doing quite clearly uh, why, yeah. did, why did you choose that track uh look it's, it's one of my favorite bands as far as current production music goes um and and specifically what's what's really great about them is they've like you just mentioned you know they, they come from a rocky background in, in in ways um also know how to dj know how to produce and they found this really nice middle ground where essentially the reminiscence of the past is definitely there but they've, they've managed to create something that's very modern at the same time and i find it's equally as good to listen to when i'm working and equally as good to put into my sets you know when i'm playing out it's yeah. just it's just very versatile yeah and that's uh, uh, and that track really uh, led very nicely in, in in the tracks i played of yours uh, as mm. well um the any given sunday it's it's got such a good flavor to it you know it's it's <laughs> it is like you know sitting on the side of the pool essentially you know or, yeah. yeah uh being out on the barefoot balls at the balls club kind of thing uh, with your friends yeah. yeah yeah it's it's a great track um, Thank you. But, but again, all these tracks, they, they have that, um, that openness in, in production. Um, and mm. even the track that we played after that, uh, The Shape, uh, um, it, it's, it really leaves a lot of space for your own thoughts for that man. Yeah, and there is, that's, that's actually a, a bit of a, a technique that actually comes from, from the past, where the idea wasn't to fill every single bit of spectrum as far as audio goes with something. There was this this moment that you need space in the track. You know, you can hear the instruments separately, the vocal sits on top, and together they create, you know, a particular ambience. Um, and that kind of production, which is not overly compressed and not everything squeezed, almost like walking into a large room with lots of interesting furniture in it, rather than a small room with great furniture all squeezed in together. Um, it's it's just a different technique, and and it's something that. I really look to emulate in, in production. A lot of it has to do with having organic elements within that mixed up with electronic ones. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of it comes down to actual mixing techniques and, and all these other bits and pieces, which I work very hard at. I'm, I'm very far from, from any kind of perfection on that. But I listen to things like Paul Cider, all the other bits and pieces we discussed, and they get it very right. And, and I try to copy that in many ways to give you room to listen to my music without it yelling at you you know with it being this nice feeling flavor that accompanies you instead mm. well they're great tracks uh, there's there's much more and i certainly urge the viewers to uh, go out to um, well preferably buy your tracks of course uh, but otherwise ah, no, just listen to them it's covered them it's covered them well uh, uh, I, I do always urge uh, uh, listeners to uh, to support artists because mm. you know it, it's um, uh, a lot of heart and soul going uh, into making tracks um, or, or making uh, you know mixes as a DJ. Um, so wherever you can listen to it, but if you can support them, support do support them. Uh, I think that's a good thing. Your tracks do reasonably okay in in the in the Australian charts, I believe, and, and certainly on Spotify. 
Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, it's interesting. I am, um, you know, measuring success is an interesting part of it. If I looked at the success of my music specifically with Nara Club Charts, then, then I'm pretty low on that. On that. Um, but I'm very grateful for the fact that music, which isn't essentially intense EDM bangers, still gets still gets a notice. You know, still DJs play it out and, and they support me through that. And I can see it coming into the area of charts and dropping back out, out again. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm very grateful. And for me, that's success. And I don't need to be at number one with, with a bullet. But I think what's interesting is the real kind of support that I get is the commentary that I get from people, either through Facebook, sometimes through Spotify and just Instagram, where people comment on the music and what it's meant to them personally. Um, or that's, that is probably the biggest, biggest component. I had this gentleman uh, wrote to me from Mexico who've obviously been going through a bit of a hard time relationship-wise, and he picked up on one of my old songs uh, that was actually about that, was, was to do with, with essentially breakups. Um, and he just said, I've been listening to this on repeat. Like the sentiment of how one feels is just so spot on. And who would have thought, you know, I'd connect through a song that I wrote many, many years ago to someone in Mexico. And it, it meant the world to me, you know, that that's, that's really worked. Because, yeah, and that's, that's for, for me, that, that's the element of success. And the fact that people are listening to it on, on Spotify and, and sharing that music, for me, that means a lot. Probably even more so than, than true commercial success in the sense of, you know, I don't know, selling out a tour or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, actually, we, we're getting to the end of the program. Uh, it's been an absolutely delight talking to you. Uh, I, really, uh, I really enjoyed uh, uh, this, you know, this journey um, of, of where your music comes from. And um, uh, as, as, as I said, when, when we were talking during one of the tracks, um, a lot of times when I uh, interview people, you know, they, their inspiration comes from the, from the old raw funk from the 60s or 70s and they that's that's what led them to make the music uh, the house music or electronic music that they do now um, but you've gone on on a parallel journey and but ending up at the same uh, same space mm. in the end you know we all are after nice you know nice groovy music with you know which which really connects people and and you know carries some emotion yeah yeah so uh, thank you very much. Thank you for for being on the show. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. Um, and uh, I'd like to uh, uh, take take. Um, I'd like to finish up the uh, the show with one of your tracks, "Dance with Me." Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Uh, which is great. So thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Rufus, that was the interview with Ashley Farrow, also known as Magnifique. It was great about journeys and approaches to music. And I'd like to finish up the program tonight with a quote from Michael Riley, who, um, uh, who is an academic who started the Black Music Research Unit in England. As we race forward from one moment to the next, blink in a year gone by, this is scary, but what I fear more is that in a blink we've lost, or at best, best misplaced, a year's worth of memories. Blink again and the illusion of time has you trying to recall what you were doing a decade ago. One way to remember is through sound, as ask anyone with a passion for music. It matters not whether you've 
listening on headphones or standing in front of a massive sound system, music has the power to transport us through time, connecting different generations in the present and recollections so distant we're surprised at the amount of detail we can recall. You've been listening to Liquid Sunshine. My name is Maarten Vlot. Next week we're back with a special on Roy Ayers. Oh yeah! Baby, don't